Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the provocative realm of human psychology with Why Everyone Else is a Hypocrite by Robert Kurzban. Kurzban, an esteemed professor of psychology and a notable figure in evolutionary psychology, challenges our perceptions of the mind's coherence. His exploration into the modular structure of our brains reveals how evolutionary adaptations can lead to internal conflict and societal hypocrisy, especially when antiquated instincts meet modern complexities. This insightful book is ideal for psychology students and teachers avidly seeking novel approaches to understanding mental processes. It also targets the curious reader keen on breaking down the facades of rational consistency that pervade human behavior. If you've ever found yourself exasperated by friends' inconsistencies or your own puzzling decisions, Kurzban's scholarly yet accessible narrative promises to shine a light on the intricacies and contradictions inherent in the human psyche. Join us as we unpack the layers of our mental makeup and discover why, according to Kurzban, hypocrisy is almost an evolutionary certainty. This journey through the corridors of the mind will not only transform your perspective on others' behavior, but also offer a compassionate understanding of your own psychological quirks. Why Everyone Else is a Hypocrite, Evolution and the Modular Mind Introduction Discover the hypocrisy in all of us and the fascinating psychology behind it. Hypocrisy often gets a bad rap, and rightfully so. But what if I told you that everyone, including you and me, is a bit of a hypocrite, and that it's not entirely our fault, but rather a quirk of our evolutionarily crafted brains? Sounds intriguing, doesn't it? That's precisely what we'll explore as we delve into the concept that everyone else is a hypocrite, often without even realizing it. Understand your brain's hidden app store. You know that smartphone of yours packed with apps you rarely use, but somehow can't bring yourself to delete. Your brain operates surprisingly similarly. It's filled with mental modules akin to apps designed for specific tasks. But occasionally, they can activate in situations they aren't quite suited for. When this misfire happens, our actions and our stated beliefs might not line up. Hello, hypocrisy. Embrace the quirky tools of the mind. Imagine you're in a pinch and need to make toast, but your toaster's broken. You might opt for a butane torch because it gets the job done. This little anecdote is a metaphor for how our brain's tools, evolved for one purpose, can be repurposed for something else entirely. It's this repurposing that can lead to contradicting oneself without even noticing. Why thinking you're a great driver makes sense, sort of. So you've had a car accident, yet you still insist you're a great driver. This is your brain's self-serving bias at work, and believe it or not, it's actually pretty clever. Maintaining a perception of competence, even in the face of evidence to the contrary, can be beneficial. It acts as a psychological defense mechanism, preserving our self-esteem and allowing us to face the world confidently. As we navigate through these topics, prepare to uncover the hypocrite in all of us and the surprising reasons why that's not as bad as it sounds. Part 1. Explore the evolution of the brain and its journey from simplicity to complexity. Behold the human brain, a marvel of nature's engineering, a labyrinth of thought 
waiting to be traversed. Ever wonder how we evolved from primitive beings to creators of art and architects of the modern world? Let's demystify that evolution with a nod to evolutionary psychology. This branch of science views the brain not as a celestial masterpiece, but as a biological marvel shaped by millennia of evolutionary tweaks and turns. You see, the brain is an intricate network of neurons, much like circuits in technology, but instead of binary codes, we've got electrical impulses zipping through our grey matter. Trace back the brain's lineage, and you'd find our ancestors' brains were far more rudimentary. It's similar to how our computers have evolved. From room-sized clunkers to sleek tablets you can carry everywhere, Charles Darwin's concept of natural selection steps onto the stage here. The main act? Genes expressing as traits, a peacock's tail, a cheetah's speed, and yes, our awe-inspiring brain. Those lucky enough to inherit traits that better adapt them to their environment. Securing food, weathering storms, forming societies. Get a ticket to the next round, passing those traits along. Our brain's current design owes its applause to ancient hurdles our forebears leaped over. We're often told that rationality reigns in our cranial realm, with philosophers waxing lyrical about a single unyielding self and a suite of unified beliefs. But that's more myth than reality. Contrary to this elegant narrative, our mind is more a patchwork quilt than a seamless tapestry. The brain began as a basic tool, gradually gaining features and functionalities, and perhaps a few glitches, like the occasional hypocrisy, as it faced new challenges. Let's dive into how this ancestral apparatus grew into the complex entity we host in our heads today. Part 2. When specialized tools fall short, a touch of ingenuity is required. Picture this. You're at the breakfast table, reaching for the toaster. However, today is a bit unusual. It's not there. In its stead, a butane torch lies on the counter. Odd choice for browning bread, but sometimes life demands improvisation. This is the essence of specialization. Each device or tool we use is crafted with a particular purpose in mind. But what happens when it's not available or suitable? We cherish our specialized gadgets, from the toasters in our kitchens to the calculator apps on our phones. They've been fine-tuned to work efficiently. A toaster heats just enough to crisp bread without wasting energy. A calculator app computes without requiring pen and paper. Now let's venture into the wild. A campsite where the trusty toaster is miles away and your survival, well, at least your breakfast, depends on available tools. Cue the butane torch. It's not just for campfires, but now a makeshift toaster. Not optimal, but it works. Suddenly, The highly specialized device seems too limited, and we find ourselves longing for something more versatile. The challenge with creating tools lies in the balancing act, making them specific enough to do the job well, without being so limited that they can't adapt to new tasks. The perfect multi-tool is a rare find indeed. So, how do we bridge the gap between hyper-specific efficiency and adaptable versatility? Interestingly, Our very own brain has found a way to merge these two seemingly opposing qualities. Stay tuned for the next insight and discover the brain's clever approach to getting the best of both worlds. Part 3. Our Brain's Modularity 
a symphony of specialized abilities in harmony. Imagine our early human ancestors navigating a world where a split-second decision could be the difference between life and a saber-toothed tiger's dinner. In such a high-stakes environment, they needed a toolkit not just for one task, but for many. And what a magnificent toolkit they developed. The human brain, the ultimate multi-purpose device with the ability to combine specific functions for endless possibilities. Your brain doesn't just carry one function. It's a grand assembly of modules, each fine-tuned for a task. Be it recognizing a familiar face in a crowd or devising an escape path through dense wilderness. Let's make the comparison to something more in our century, a smartphone. You've loaded yours with apps for various tasks, from tracking your steps to catching up on the latest news. But the phone itself? It's not pigeonholed into one task. No, it juggles these apps with grace, shifting focus as you tap and swipe through your digital day. The brain's modularity is akin to this digital dance. It's a collection of specialized units or modules, each dedicated to a function. Yet, unlike the apps that run isolated from one another, your brain's modules can collaborate, creating a seamless flow of cognition and action, adapting instantaneously to the demands of our ever-changing surroundings. We've come a long way from outwitting prehistoric predators, but the brain still uses this modular orchestration to handle modern life's challenges from navigating complex social dynamics to solving intricate puzzles. Together, these modules work in concert to create the vast range of human abilities we rely on every day. Part four, the illusion of a central command in the brain debunked. Take a moment and think about it. Who's in charge up there in the intricate folds of your brain? Is there a little CEO in a control room directing traffic and making executive decisions? It's a tantalizing idea, but the reality is a bit more decentralized. Your mind isn't a boardroom with a boss calling the shots. Instead, it's a bustling marketplace with each vendor or module operating independently. In this symphony of mental activities, there isn't a conductor on a podium. Each section of this neural orchestra knows its part and plays in concert, often without a conscious cue. You might think that the sense of a coherent, conscious self means there must be a master module at the helm, overseeing all the rest. But that's a fallacy, a loop of infinite regress. A brain to manage the brain's modules would need another brain, ad infinitum. It's a mental matryoshka that never ends. Even our sense of consciousness doesn't get the VIP pass to the role of manager. Many processes chug along beneath our awareness. They're the unsung heroes keeping the show going while the spotlight of consciousness shines elsewhere. Feelings of fear or affection often bypass the VIP section, popping up without a formal invitation or explanation. For example, you might lean back in your chair, high up in a skyscraper, safely behind a barrier, yet your heart races at the sight of the distant ground. Or you might catch yourself humming a catchy pop tune that any music critic would scoff at. So. If there's no mastermind behind these impulses, what are we? The answer lies within the tangled web of modules. You are the sum of these parts, a network of independent yet interconnected players creating the rich tapestry of thoughts, emotions, and experiences that you call I. Part five, when the brain's modules clash, the ripple effects are all too human. Picture an intricate network of toy cars scurrying around a track. 
a seemingly elementary diversion. Yet, this childhood pastime holds a subtle clue about our brain's inner workings. Valentino Breitenberg's inventive vehicles from the 80s provide a window into the world of our modular brain and the conflicts these modules can create. Take a car equipped with two distinct functions. One module detests heat and propels the car away from it, while another module is enamored with light and steers toward its warmth. A candle in the room would present quite the conundrum, luring with its light yet repelling with its heat. Two simple modules, yet their opposition creates a tangle of indecision. This isn't far removed from the crossroads we encounter within our minds. Picture yourself at a party, eyeing a rich slice of chocolate cake. The sensory module in your brain is sending out dig-in signals, whereas the health-conscious module is pumping the brakes. It's the same inner conflict, the pursuit of immediate pleasure clashing with long-term well-being. But the clash of modules isn't limited to temptations on a plate. It spills into our social lives, our moral decisions, pitting aggression against pacifism, altruism against self-interest. These modules, architects of our personality and decision-making, can sometimes come to loggerheads, leaving us in a state of bewilderment as we try to navigate through the maze of modern life. And so, our modular minds, brilliantly adapted for versatility, can also lead to bouts of puzzling indecision. It's the price we pay for having a brain more multifaceted than any toy car could ever encapsulate. Part 6. Why our brains often serve us generous portions of overconfidence. Picture yourself cruising down the highway, smoothly navigating every turn and traffic signal. Got that feeling of mastery? Like you're acing this whole driving business? You're in the company of many. Most of us rate ourselves as top-tier drivers. But the cold truth? It's numerically impossible for everyone to be above the mean. So what's fueling these inflated self-assessments? It's our brain's own built-in hype team. Specific modules within our noggin are notorious cheerleaders, frequently putting us on a performance pedestal, especially when we stack ourselves up against others. Consistently across myriad surveys, individuals crown themselves as above average in intelligence, athletic prowess, and leadership. Even those who've managed the dubious feat of colliding with stationary objects insist on sticking a gold star on their driving skills. Our brain doesn't stop at self-aggrandizing. It also likes to delude us into believing we have more control over events than we actually do. Consider the case of dice-tossing taxi drivers studied by James Henslin. These otherwise grounded individuals exhibited quasi-magical beliefs thinking they could sweet-talk or strong-arm the dice into rolling high. Indeed, there are modules that drag our head from the clouds, grounding our perceptions to align with stark realities. These are the modules that allow us to act with prudence, evaluating facts with a level head. Despite this, the modules pushing overconfidence and magical thinking seem to hog the limelight leading one to wonder how such obviously flawed tendencies could possibly confer an evolutionary edge. Part 7. The Surprising Survival Benefits of Strutting Your Stuff with a Dash of Overconfidence Puff out your chest and consider for a moment. 
could a little bit of swagger actually be good for you? Turns out, the somewhat exaggerated self-image many of us carry might have roots deep in our evolutionary past. Yes, overconfidence can seem like a highway to trouble. Think reckless driving, for instance. But paradoxically, those very same brain modules coaxing us into thinking we're the cream of the crop may just have given our ancestors a survival leg up. When you believe you're packed with positives, smarts, charm, you name it, others often take notice and follow suit. Take the self-proclaimed problem solver, full of conviction. He's quick to pitch in when troubles arise, exuding such confidence that others can't help but buy into his self-assessment. They see him as an asset, someone to keep close in their community. And trust me, back when survival hinged on being part of a strong social network, appearing useful could mean the difference between thriving and being left out in the cold. The perceived value went beyond mere safety and numbers. It extended to being seen as a desirable mate, thus boosting the chances of passing on one's genes. So next time you catch yourself or someone else basking in a little extra self-admiration, remember it's not just ego. It's an ancient social tool, sharpened by time. This overconfidence, this innate tendency to market ourselves, keeps us integrated in our tribes, encourages the confidence of others, and ultimately plays a part in the grand game of survival. Part 8. The Tangled Evolutionary Roots of Our Hypocritical Tendencies why do we preach one thing and practice another? Why do our morals sometimes play hooky when self-interest comes calling? You guessed it. It boils down to our evolutionary past once again. Hypocrisy, that universally frowned upon yet stubbornly pervasive behavior, is knitted into our very biology. Let's face it. Humans can be a bundle of contradictions, telling someone else that their actions are wrong and then turning around to secretly commit the same act doesn't exactly align with the golden rule. Occasionally, we might even cloak our personal motives in the guise of moral outrage, all while harboring a hint of envy or resentment. So why the duplicity? Our brain's modular structure is at the heart of it. Just as we possess modules that encourage us to be overconfident, we have other modules that are activated when we pass judgment on others. These are not necessarily the same that swing into action when we're looking at ourselves in the mirror. The intricate wiring of our brain means some modules aren't effectively communicating, leading to that all-too-human predicament, hypocrisy. Moreover, let's consider the cunning camouflage of righteous indignation. It's not just a social faux pas. It's an evolutionary strategy dressed up in Sunday's best. Our ancestors were locked in an unspoken competition for mates, and more mates for your neighbor meant slimmer pickings for you. It's no wonder, then, that strong opinions about monogamy or promiscuity are deeply etched into our psyches. They mirror a fundamental drive to ensure our genes make it to the next round. So next time you spot the wolf of self-interest in sheep's clothing, or catch yourself in a hypocritical slip, Take a moment to consider the evolutionary puppeteer behind the curtain. Acknowledge the limitations of our module-rich minds, and be aware that not all seemingly logical actions are truly grounded in reason. With this awareness, we can work towards a mind that's more in sync with the complex moral landscape of the modern world. Final Summary In the grand narrative of human psychology, 
it turns out our brains aren't the sleek, streamlined machines we once thought. We're not governed by a single, coherent self, but rather a congress of specialized modules, each playing its own essential role in the theater of the mind. These modules were the Swiss army knife that allowed our ancestors to survive in a world teeming with dangers. But this modular design comes with its fair share of quirks. It's why we can be walking paradoxes, capable of contradictions and confusions that leave us scratching our heads. Hypocrisy, that social sin we love to hate, is also a byproduct of our brain's compartmental design, often revealing a disconnect between different modules. Understanding the brain's inner workings might just be the key to unlocking a future where we navigate life's complexities with a clearer sense of self. By recognizing the patchwork nature of our mental processes, we can better manage the idiosyncrasies that come with the human condition. This insight doesn't just illuminate the past, it lights the way forward as we continue to evolve and face new challenges head on. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.